0: i am your best friend i am your only friend i am your best friend it's d scott crook welcome back to (laughs) hr's best friend our somewhat new podcast for hr professionals and business leaders who want to make sure they stay compliant don't get in trouble and keep their employees happy d scott crook is the utah employment lawyer He's consistently listed in Rocky Mountain Super Lawyers and Best Lawyers in America. He is the managing partner of Crook Legal Group. Scott is only licensed to practice law in Utah and Idaho. He is not giving specific legal advice that it shouldn't be construed as legal advice for your problem. If you need specific legal advice, please go to an attorney. Scott is an attorney, and we'll leave it at that. Uh, Hey, Dad, how's it going?
1: Hey, good. How are you doing?
0: Good good yeah, it's good to be back in the studio we haven't been here since you had covid yes so that kind of you know you couldn't talk very well
1: no i could not no and so. it wasn't that bad it wasn't bad like some other people got it but still it saps yeah. your energy that's for sure
0: yes i had it at the beginning of 2022 as you know it was not fun but we're back all right, so today we've got a, a real recent local current event to play illegal, actionable, immoral, or normal with, so that's great. And then we've got some uh, a Reddit question, and then I've also joined a Facebook group uh, that's called Evil HR Lady, and it's very much like that Reddit group, so we've got even more good stuff to to look at.
1: Yeah, and I follow her on LinkedIn. She's usually got some pretty good stuff.
0: So yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was messaging her a little bit actually. So stay tuned. Bum bum bum. So let's let's talk about this uh this current event here. So, so this is from ksl.com, but I mean all the local News outlets covered it because it was a pretty big deal. So so three individuals from a Centerville-based contracting company, Rubicon Contracting, LLC, were arrested in a labor trafficking investigation. Those arrested include the company's president, chief financial officer, um, and somebody else there. They are charged with seven counts of aggravated human trafficking, and Brinkman and Perea, who are... Um, I'm not sure who Perea is, but Brinkman is the chief financial office. No, he's the company's president. I'm sorry. The Utah Attorney General's office initiated the investigation following a tip about potential labor trafficking. So seven victims were mainly from they were mainly from Mexico. They were promised full-time work, but they were exploited instead. So they received minimum pay. Uh, minimal pay, living in poor conditions, facing threats of deportation and having paychecks unfairly deducted. Um, Payments to victims were made through a limited access debit card controlled by Rubicon. So, you know, this was not good. Um, They were forced to live in company provided housing um, that was described as abysmal, lacked basic amenities and they were charged rent. they were assigned tasks like snow removal, often without proper training, licenses, or suitable equipment. So, uh, it's pretty—it's pretty extensive and kind of crazy everything that um, that went on here. So, well,
1: and and I think we have to be careful as we talk about this too. It's these are all allegations, right? This is what was found in the information, the criminal information that was filed by the state um rubicon the rubicon officials haven't um responded that i know of yet to the to any of the charges and so we <clears throat> have to be careful these are all allegations okay but they're pretty bad allegations
0: yes yeah. so of course for this game we're just assuming it's all true i mean hopefully it's not right
1: yeah, they would be much better if it were not but, true. Not but it true. helps <laughs> us with <work> our
0: game. <laughs> yeah, it does. So we're assuming this is all true. So let's let's take this first this first one. So the victims would typically be paid through limited access debit type card, which Rubicon maintained full access to the funds and could deduct any amount at any time. Uh, one of the victims stated he left after four months because he only received fourteen hundred dollars in pay in those four months. So. I mean, is this illegal, actionable, immoral, or normal? And does the employee being on a visa have anything to do with it being illegal, actionable, immoral, or normal? I mean, okay. anyway, just oh. take take the analysis away. I'm just there's a lot yeah. to unpack there.
1: So, um, employers can pay people with debit cards or visa cards or or payment cards. They can do that. Um, there are uh, a lot of employers, in fact, who do use that kind of a system it's helpful for some employees who don't have banks bank accounts. And those are usually immigrants or people who are, you know, first generation in the country. So that, that itself is not illegal. Um, What is uh, illegal under Utah law, the payment of wages act is you cannot deduct from an employee's paycheck unless the employee has provided Um, has provided a signed writing which would allow the deduction. Um, So we don't know if they had a signed writing with the employees, but even if the employees did provide a signed writing, if the the deduction um, would leave the employee um, receiving less than what is allowed for minimum wage or less than they're entitled to under overtime, um, it would be a violation of the Fair Labor Standards Act, and it would um, that would be illegal. Now, these are <clears throat> criminal charges. Um, they're not criminal charges that are um, arising out of the Fair Labor Standards Act. These are state criminal criminal charges. But um, uh, my understanding is, the Department of Labor is investigating as well. Um, I could be wrong about that, and so there may be further Fair Labor Standards Act um, claims that are brought. Um, both civilly and criminally, you, you know, there are criminal claims that can be brought under that act.
0: Okay. And so does the fact they're on visas have any, like any relevance to that? When, when you
1: say that they have, they're on a visa, you mean that they're working pursuant to a visa that they obtained to do the work, um, from the department of Homeland Security? Yeah, I was just so wondering dressed. if like,
0: yeah, I mean, it sounds like it's illegal no matter what. So I guess it doesn't really, my question doesn't really matter. Well, no, it does.
1: The, the fact is I'm a, not an immigration lawyer, but um, immigration status does have some bearing on some of the things that are permitted or not permitted. For instance, in uh, certain types of immigration um, visas or work visas, um, uh, for instance, an employer has to provide Free housing, for instance, under those um, visas, um, but it, it really doesn't matter. Um, other than um, you have to comply with what the um, the the work visa requires, so it, it really wouldn't matter. Um, okay. In any event, it's clear that if the allegations are true. That they were clear that these individuals were being exploited because they're not familiar with the law in in the United States or Utah about what they're entitled to or not.
0: Right. Okay. All right. So moving on to the second part here, the workers were also allegedly required by Rubicon to live in housing provided by the company and pay rent. Investigators talked to former Rubicon employees who described the living conditions as abhorrent, and that it was common knowledge that the housing provided to the visa workers was poor quality. So, I mean, is this illegal, actionable, immoral, or normal? And I mean, can an employer force you to live somewhere?
1: Um, so the answer to the last question is yes. I'm sorry.
0: I should say, can an employer force you to live in specific housing?
1: And and the answer to that question is yes. An employer could require somebody to live in a particular housing as a condition of employment. Now, most of the time, that that doesn't arise, um, except in certain, you know, specific situations. Like, for instance, if you if you're a um, if you're a residence yep. assistant at a at a, a university, or you're some, like the manager of a hotel. Yeah, or if, For instance, there's some rural area where you're working, um,
0: like if you were uh, working on an oil rig or something.
1: Yeah, um, and and but they can still require it um, as a condition of employment <clears throat> uh, that people live there. But there are all kinds of conditions that are placed on that requirement. For instance, some of the time you can reduce, you can actually, um treat the provision of lodging as a wage part of the wage um and sometimes you can't sometimes it can be considered a fringe benefit and sometimes it can't it's very complicated but um but you can do it okay uh in this circumstance um in most circumstances i'll I'll say this in most circumstances Um, where it's not a condition of employment like you don't have to be there Um, you don't have to live on site to do your job Um, a condition of employment that requires you to live there um, uh, would be um, frowned upon and um, usually there's a condition and and again this is it's really highly Fact dependent, really highly dependent on the uh, the law that you're trying to apply and what your benefit you're trying to derive from it. But generally, if you're requiring people to live at a particular location, you either have to allow them, you have to either provide it for free, or um, give them the option to live elsewhere um, if they if they can live elsewhere. I mean, that's a way. Overgeneralized statement um and uh, we just have to be careful um but yeah you can require it and there's all kinds of conditions
0: on it okay so there's lots of conditions it's a bit complicated but they can force you to in some situations they could force you to pay rent yes even if yeah okay okay yeah if the allegations are true you would consider this immoral well, if these allegations
1: are true, it's all illegal and okay. immoral. Um, okay. So there, there's no question about, um, about that. So if the
0: allegations are true. What makes it illegal in this instance?
1: Well, first of all, um, they were. Th- um, when they were deducting rent as a part of their pay, that could be illegal if they didn't have a written agreement that were permitted secondly if they did if they required that they live there um then the benefit the the rent that they are um paying has to be has to be um somewhat consistent with the rent in the area but the way they have alleged how much rent they were paying they're paying more than i'm paying for my house payment so um and the the conditions that they provided also, uh, depending on which statute or regulation is applicable, it's illegal because, like for instance, for certain visas where you can require people to work, I mean, to live in in company provided housing, um, it has to be habitable. You have to provide heat, right. and um, and in this case, I mean, the allegations here were. That they weren't even providing heat or electricity to some of the um uh the apartments is terrible
0: okay okay got it so the last so okay sorry no i've got actually two more of these they did a lot of bad things allegedly allegedly right, right. so <laughs> so rubicon offers Okay, general contracting services such as snow removal and landscaping. Several workers told investigators they were assigned to snow removal jobs, which would require driving a snowplow, even though they did not have a valid U.S. driver's license, and no training on how to operate the vehicle. It's just crazy. One former employee reported that he saw workers shoveling snow in tennis shoes. Workers didn't have knowledge of U.S. traffic laws. Workers were unfamiliar with large vehicle operation. Workers were unfamiliar with large thoroughfares like I-15. And workers had limited knowledge of technology requirements of the job. So let's just focus in on the um, requiring employees to drive equipment that they do not have licenses for. I mean, I guess I could even answer that.
1: Yeah, the fact is that there are all kinds of... (laughs) There are all kinds of statutes and regulations that are violated by that. Um, uh, there's, you know, safety OSHA requirements. There are um, Utah Department of Transportation requirements if they're driving vehicles, for instance. I'm um, not, not Utah, but the Federal Department of Transportation. If they're dr- driving um, commercial vehicles, um, they they can't allow them to to drive them unless they're qualified to do that um i mean one of the allegations is and this is i mean it's 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 just scary like some of these people had never even driven on a freeway before and didn't know how to drive on a freeway and so there's an allegation that one worker drove from uh bountiful all the way down to utah county like like mid utah county somewhere like orem or something yeah i read that got off of each exit and then back on to the entrance because he just stayed in the left lane and so for every exit he got off and then got back on because he didn't know how else to do it and no one had trained
0: yeah well that's not good if it's true
1: if it's true, um, it's not good. And also super inefficient, and they probably didn't pay him for all the time it took no. him to get there, just based no. on the allegations of the of the information.
0: Right. Okay, and then the last one I have here is other former employees told investigators that leaders kept creating shell companies for the purpose of hiring more visa workers and shuffling them around, according okay, to the affidavit. That,
1: that would be illegal for a number of reasons. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> one of them and in fact one of the um one of the com- the charges is money laundering that they were mm. they were doing that so that they could uh, launder money between the um the organizations but that is an immigration law specific thing too and again i'm right. not an immigration lawyer but you can only hb i mean work visas are specific to employers often and so if you're creating entities so you can get more people to work for you, but then not have them work for that entity, that's illegal. And that's what they're alleged to have done. They're alleged.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, there we go. Hopefully none of it's true. Yes. It's only funny because it's so ridiculous. Well, it's not
1: really done. even funny. It's just, it's, it's, um, it's sad, but um, it's, it's crazy. You you don't yeah. think this is what's interesting? Is that a lot of people think, "Oh, this would never happen." But this these allegations. I mean, there are other worse cases um, found in the country where people really take advantage of um, immigrant workers, and not just illegal immigrants. I mean, these were legal immigrants, and they totally were taken advantage right. of. And so there are many people who are illegal immigrants that are employed in violation of the law, and they're treated a lot worse a lot of times because they, because some employers just think, well, they're not going to go and complain, so we can do whatever we want. And it's terrible.
0: Yeah, that's not good. It's not good. All right, moving on to our Facebook group and Reddit questions. So this one, this one is not a specific uh, legal question, but I thought it would be good for the Utah Employment Lawyer to weigh in. You are also HR's best friend. So this question was, hoping maybe someone can relate and offer some advice. How do you handle a C-suite employee that has absolutely no respect for HR? Um.
1: That's a good question because, um, there's no simple answer to that question. The fact is that many people treat HR poorly because they view HR and employment law stuff anyway, as a liability, not as a, um, not as a way to make money or, you know, and so they view that as something, well, it's just going to cost us money. It's not going to really, it's not really going to create profit. And so a lot of times people are ignored. I mean, and it's not just a problem with HR professionals. It's a problem with employment lawyers as well. Like a lot of, there are a lot of executives who just think that employment lawyers are being overly cautious and really we can get away with it. There's no big deal. And there's really, um, and I mean, that's something I have to deal with occasionally with some clients is just to tell them, look, this is a big problem. And um, you may be able to get away with it for, you know, some time. But when you don't, you could put yourself out of business. I mean, there are lots of people, for instance, you give them advice on um, classifying employees under the Fair Labor Standards Act. And some of those businesses will say, well, um, you know, it's it's as if they think that you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And they say, oh, well, other people do it and they're fine. And then when the Department of Labor comes and does an audit and then says, well, you owe $1.5 million in back pay and the business is barely making $1 million a year, I mean, it can shut them down. And so um, it, there's really not much you can do other than perhaps um, to alert them to stories of similar behavior that has been um, alleged against similar sized employers and tell them this is a look this is the kind of problem that can happen.
0: Right. In one of my uh, business books, we call something threat framing. If you frame something as a threat, um, you get more immediate attention. So yes, maybe if you're dealing with that, you can try and frame the look at what has happened to these similarly sized businesses. Okay. I think that's good advice. All right. Here's the next one. I work for a very small company in Utah and, I'm hand- and am handling payroll, which I have some experience in, but have much to learn. We have an employee that has a history of shady behavior. He claims to be exempt from paying state and federal taxes. So that is how the previous office gal set him up in QuickBooks. We received a letter from the Department of Revenue to garnish his wages for owing them a lot of money. My question is, do we have an obligation to withhold taxes if he says he is exempt on both the state and federal W-4? Or do we continue not deducting taxes per his W-4 and let that be sorted out by IRS and the Department of Revenue? I don't want our owner to be held liable for not taking out those taxes. I asked the employee again today to confirm with me, and he said, yes, I am exempt. Once the new year starts, he said he will fill out a new form that he is not exempt. It's all very unsettling, and I have zero experience in this. Thank you for your help.
1: Okay, so this is an interesting area um, because W-4s, that's what, you know, employees have to fill out when they first start working. Um, An employer, there's no regulation that says an employer has any obligation to confirm or... um, you know to confirm whether the the, de- the declaration is true um but the regulations do say if you have reason to believe that someone is not being truthful um then you may question them and um and then you may have to in some circumstances alert um the irs for instance um, and about the exemptions like for instance if someone claims more than 10 um dependents or or um um those are types of situations the regulations say you have to you have to um look at now and it would be very rare that someone would be exempt for two years in a row unless there's like a student or something um you have to show i mean in order for someone to be exempt you have to Um, And I'm not a tax lawyer, but my understanding is um, that there has to be, you have had to have paid no taxes from the previous year and then not be required um, and and not, um, I can't remember what the, the requirement is, but I know that you have to show that you had no tax liability, payroll tax liability for the year before, or income tax liability, sorry. So, um, however, if the IRS sends an employer a letter that says you must deduct wages from this employee and you must use this, um, uh, classification, then you have to follow what the IRS says. Uh, It's not clear to me from what this person asked, whether that's true. All they said is they've got uh, a writ of garnishment or something um, from that agency, but it's not necessarily, I don't know if it was also saying you have to garnish plus you should treat this person this way. So you're kind of in a bad situation because the regulations say you don't have to confirm, but they also say, you know, if you have reason to believe you can question, but there's no, you know, um if there is a letter you have to follow the letter but um other than that you know it's a tricky situation that you're in
0: okay all right moving on to our last question so here's the question this is about hr paid leave Our organization was acquired. The old company offered individual buckets of paid time off. Vacation and then sick leave separate. Sick leave was also was sick leave was always front loaded, not accrued. The new company that acquired my company does one bucket. So because of this, now all leave must be accrued. I thought that sick leave was required to be available to employees at all times from the minute they start, not accrued. Maybe just because we had it this way for so long. It is hard to find info with our Department of Labor. And she says she's particularly curious about the state of Maryland, but they have employees all over. So answer for Utah on Idaho, please.
1: So in Utah, you have no, a private employer does not have to provide paid sick leave to anyone. Now that's not true in every state. Um, Nevada and Colorado, for instance, require a certain amount of paid sick leave. But Utah does not. And um, however, by a matter of contract, an employer could be liable for things if they were contractually promised sick leave and then things were changed, then things changed. But that's a really high standard and it's not enough that it's just in the handbook that way because handbooks often are not considered contractual documents um now this this employee may if if this employee is in maryland maybe maryland's different i can't answer for maryland but i can say in utah though i mean an employer is required to provide um fmla leave for instance, which is unpaid, but only after an employee has worked at an employee employer for a year, and o- only if they've worked more than um, twelve hundred and fifty hours of uh, uh, hours in the previous year, and so, and also, FMLA only applies to certain employers who have a threshold number of employees, fifty employees working within 75 miles of the job site that you're working at. So the answer is even unpaid leave isn't required unless um, you meet the threshold requirements in
0: Utah. Okay. Uh, are, are employers in Utah required to provide vacation time at all? No. Okay. I don't think so.
1: Now, that they could be required to pay it out um, as a matter of, regulation if the for instance the handbook says that they have to and then that employee is let go um the department of workforce services um has has passed a regulation that says you have to pay that if it's been promised but an employer can change that at any time unless it's a contractual obligation again depends on that and that depends just because it's in the handbook doesn't make it a contractual obligation okay
0: all right very good thank you father thank you we'll uh we'll talk to everybody soon hopefully no one catches COVID again and we'll be able to get another one of these out next week yes that would be good all right thanks